Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Whether you're looking to launch a podcast or build an online business that allows you to do the work you love, you've come to the right place. Podcast Answer Man presents The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Now, here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome to episode number 521 of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Real quickly, here at the open, I want to just say this. Stay tuned until the end of this episode. For those of you who have been following for a very long time, you know I normally share a lot of personal details, what's going on in my own entrepreneurial journey and all of that stuff. I'm going to continue to do that week after week here in the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, but all of that stuff is getting moved to the back, so make sure that you stay tuned to the end of this episode if you want to hear what's going on in my own personal pursuit of building and growing my online business, and everything else, taking my message, my business, and my life to the next level. Now, I want to immediately jump right into the heart of this week's content. And the title of this week's episode is How to Cultivate a Healthy Relationship with Money and How to Drastically Increase Your Income as a Result. Now, the chances are you have probably known somebody who has been in an unhealthy relationship. Now, I really, I did a quick Google search recently on um, signs of an unhealthy relationship. And one of the first results that came up was a article put out by Psychology Today. And the title was 51 Signs of an Unhealthy Relationship. So there there are a lot of signs. It, it, it blows my mind to think that when I see somebody who is in an, un- in an unhealthy relationship with another person, that they're, they just seem so clueless to the fact that the relationship is unhealthy, that it is not good, and that they need to, they need to do something to either fix that relationship, they need to have some kind of reevaluation of how they interact with one another, or maybe the relationship needs the end. All right, and he, by the way, just real quick, I went in and looked at some of those signs in this article by Psychology Today, and I want to share a few of those signs with you. One of them, it says, um, you know that you're in an unhealthy relationship if you don't have a sense of relationship security. You've broken up or almost broken up numerous times, all right? The, another sign, you are not sure how dependable or supportive or reliable your partner would be in a situation in which you really needed them, all right? For example, if you had a close family member who got cancer, do you feel confident that your, your partner in the relationship would be dependable, supportable, and reliable to you in that situation? Or are they only there when the going is good, okay? Another sign that you may be in an unhealthy relationship is that you blame your partner for your life not being as satisfying as you would like it to be. Here's another sign. Your life together seems out of control. For example, you spend two, you, the both of you together spend much more than you earn. Another sign that you're in an unhealthy relationship. You worry that your partner might hurt you. Here's another one. You feel lonely when you're together. And your partner, by the way, may actively try to cut you off from your support network of family and friends. And one more, by the way, there are 51 of these signs out there. Uh, But the last one that I want to share with you from this article is that there is an absence of affection, true, genuine, authentic love and affection in your relationship. Now, wait a second. Didn't I just say that the title of this episode, the, the, the central theme, if you will, of this episode is how to con- cultivate a healthy relationship with money <laughs> and how to drastically increase your income? Well, here's the deal. I, the, there's, 
some correlation, if you will, to having an unhealthy relationship with another human being and having an unhealthy relationship with money. And in the first few years of operating my own online business, becoming full-time self-employed, doing the work that I loved, knowing that I was excellent at the work that I did, knowing that I I could, that it was the right step for me to become full-time self-employed. There was no question about that. But what I realized is that I, as I attempted to generate the amount of income that would allow me to live the life that I desired for myself, for my family, I realized I was struggling to generate enough income. And I realized over time that the reason why I struggled so much in generating significant amounts of income that would allow me to live the lifestyle of my dreams was because I had a very unhealthy relationship with money. This isn't a re- an unhealthy relationship with another person, but I literally had an unhealthy relationship with money. Here's, here's a little bit of what I'm talking about. So back in those early days, I realized that back then, I did not have a sense of relationship security with money. You see, there were times when things seemed to be going in the right direction, but then me and money, we would break up or at least almost break up. And it happened time and time again. I'm not kidding you. Maybe you have been in this boat where where you do something and it's like, wow, you're reaping major financial rewards. You feel like this relationship is like, there's nothing that could ever tear us apart. But then something happens and you sabotage the relationship and you and money are ready to break up or it just flat out leaves you. (laughs) <laughs> that happened to me so many times in the early days. And I should have seen that as an unhealthy relationship, a sign of an unhealthy relationship that I had with money at the time. But I didn't see it until later. Now, I also was very unsure in those days how dependable and how supportive and how reliable money would be in a situation when I really needed it. For example, I, w- I remember always being afraid. What happens if I become ill? What happens if, my, if somebody in my family, what if my wife becomes ill? What if my child becomes ill and they have a life-threatening situation where they need massive surgery or, or very expensive, and there's many, very many expensive medical bills? Oh my gosh, would money still be there for me? Or would it leave me when the going gets tough? The fact that I was very unsure about whether or not money would be supportive and stick around in those times, that, my friends, is a sign that I had a very unhealthy relationship with money that needed to be changed. I would would also very often find myself blaming money for my life not being as satisfying as I'd like it to be. And the reality is, it's like, man, if I could just have more of money, if, if money would just spend more time with me, if, if, if more of money would be there, I would just be more happy. And the reality is, is that everything I need to be happy in life is already available to me. And I did not know that at the time. Back then, I, unsel- or I, I unfortunately put an unrealistic expectation on money to deliver happiness to me. And that was my part of making this an unhealthy relationship with money. There were times when it seemed like my life was out of control with money. And, and, and there were times when I was tempted to spend more money than I was generating. Now, thankfully, uh, by this time, when I had my own online business, my wife and I had worked tirelessly for years to become 100% debt-free except for our mortgage. And that happened before I left my 12-year career in insurance to pursue, pursue my own full-time career doing the work that I love, and, and thankfully, I didn't succumb to that, but I will tell you that, that, m- that my relationship with money at the time was still, it was a very big temptation for me to want to spend more money than I was generating on things, and, and a lot of that had to do with thinking that money was going to make, make me happy. If we would just, you know, spend more time, you know, letting it go together, that, that things would be better, and, and, and I would feel good, and I'd be happy. All right, another one. There were times when I really did worry that having m- too much money would hurt me. 
I, 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 had, a, I had a fear of money. And, and how can you have a decent relationship with someone or something that you are fearful of that they might hurt you? All right. So obviously that that was not a good thing to have is this fear that funny that money might in fact hurt me. And then of course, you know, the the idea of would money if I had plenty of it, if 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 me and money got really close, really tight and it started flowing in in great amounts. There was a little bit of fear that money might cut me off from my friends and family, that it might put a wall between us. That, that it might cause a, a roadblock between my, my relationships with others. And then, of course, there is no doubt that in the early days that there was an absence of true, genuine affection for money. You know, that, 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 that I was afraid to actually love money because I was, I was taught in my upbringing that the love of money is, the, is, is evil, all right, which, by the way, the, a lot of people say, well, money is evil. Uh, money is the root of all evil, and it doesn't say that. The Bible actually says the love of money is the root. It, by the way, a lot of people say, say that. The Bible doesn't say that money is evil, or but it says that the love of money is evil, is the root of all evil, and it doesn't even say that. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But I believe today I have a different relationship. I, ha- I actually have an affection towards money. I actually, I am not afraid to admit, although I believe that I will be judged for this by some who listen, but I, I'm, I, it is a genuine fact that today I do have a love of money. Now, I do believe that the love of money is the, is the root of all kinds of evil, but I also believe that the love of money can also be the root of of all kinds of good. I believe both of those statements to be true. And it has a lot to do with the way that I have changed my relationship with money. So today what I want to say is that I am happy to report that over the years, I have come to cultivate a much healthier relationship with money. And with each step that I've taken over the years towards improving my relationship with money, I have at the same time seen a drastic increase in my income from week to week, month to month, and year to year. And for me, I personally have been able to cultivate this healthier relationship with money by doing something that I learned probably for the very first time either from my friend Ray Edwards, Dan Miller, or Tony Robbins. I don't know which of those three people I heard about this this strategy from first, but I know that all three of them have taught it over the years, and as I heard them talk about it, I began to adapt this strategy in my own life, and that strategy is reflecting daily on affirmations. Now, what are affirmations? Now, I will tell you there are some people that are a little weirded out by this idea of an affirmation. They think, oh, that's a little woo-woo stuff. <laughs> I, I need to look up the definition of woo-woo because people use woo-woo all the time when it comes to mindset and, and, and so many of these other things that, that, that are in the, uh, dare I say, self-help, uh, personal development movement. But anyway... Let, let's not get into the woo-woo stuff. Let's, let's just really genuinely take a look. What are affirmations? And there's a lot of different things that could be said, but the purpose of this isn't to talk about affirmations. I'll just quickly say that affirmations can be a statement or proposition that is declared to be true. I'll say that again. A statement or proposition that is declared to be true. And I have found that affirmations are very useful in helping us reprogram prior judgments and beliefs that we may have either consciously or unconsciously picked up at some point in the past where we've allowed us to, ourselves to think that those prior just judgments and beliefs are something other than just judgments and beliefs. We've actually allowed ourselves to believe that those things are facts. And they're not facts. 
Some, many of these things that we have had as judgments about money, judgments about so many other affirmations are, just, are not just about money, but today we're going to focus on affirmations related to money. But these beliefs, these judgments and beliefs that we have about money, many times we believe that these are facts when in fact they're just beliefs or judgments. And these, these beliefs or judgments may not be true. And I have found that effect affirmations are very useful in actually proposing that maybe something opposite than our prior judgments and beliefs are actually true. All right. So with that being said, I believe that every self-employed person can cultivate a healthy relationship with money and drastically increase their income by reflecting daily on these six affirmations. What are those affirmations? Let's take a look at them. The first affirmation is this, and this is some, it, it, it simply says this, money can provide value to everyone if we allow it to flow. Now, to explain what I mean by this affirmation, I'm going to play an audio clip. This is a three and a half minute, actually three minutes and 38 seconds, taken from episode number 181 of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast by my great friend and podcasting A to Z graduate, Amy Porterfield, in an interview that she did with James Wedmore. Now, James Wedmore is the person's voice that you're gonna be here, hearing in here, sharing this idea, this concept of flow and how it has affected his relationship with money. Have a listen to this. Is when money is hard earned, it's hard to let go. Yes, it's true. You had to like slave over that money. It's really hard to let go. So true. Because when money starts to flow and I wasn't expecting it, one, I'm probably more charitable. I have more fun with it. I'm not so tight around that money. So true. So I kind of created this analogy for myself to help me with this of the difference between a dam and a river. The water in a dam is, is like stale and stagnant. Um, and I wanted to go from the dam to the river, which means in order for more to flow in, I have to be okay with it flowing out. And I tried, I read that uh, years ago and I tried that on as an experiment and it was really life-changing for me that really to help improve my relationship with money, I had to get okay with spending it. I mean, I remember just, just like, it was like 2012, 2013, like, Dropping money on anything was a physically painful experience for me. Hmm. Physically painful, like I, I just couldn't, and and I was I found myself being this total penny pusher, and and so I wanted to work on that for me. And that was where I got passionately, you know, fascinated about, you know, why why is this so heavy for me? So so today I look at it as like a river, you know, where the more I let out, the more it comes in, and you know, obviously I want the river to be like a Niagara Falls type river, and I found a lot of evidence of that. And so there's a great exercise for those who have that experience of just like having a really hard time letting go of money because I think that's part of it. It's not just like, well, I can't make it. It's like, can we spend it? Because it's it's there to be used. It's not there to be hoarded and and never touched. I don't I don't believe that. So it's a really cool, really simple exercise. This is kind of a two part exercise. The first part is like, I try and my litmus test is like, have you ever like you know just bought in a pack of gum at like a gas station, right? Right. It's like a no brainer thing. It doesn't it doesn't have any weight to it. It's just like yeah, okay. Your friend wants a, a pack of gum. You're like yeah, yeah, I'll get it for you, right? I want everything that I spend money on to feel that way. And when it doesn't, I look at how I can work on that. And so when, let's say you go out to dinner with, with all your friends, we've actually had this experience with Amy. Don't even start. You play credit card roulette. I'm pretty sure you told this in the last one. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I told that piece now, but now here's the exercise that we could have done. So like, let's say I get it, you know, credit card roulette, which means like a bunch of people and they all had a fancy like lobster dinner. So all of a sudden I got a $600 bill and that can be physically painful for people like, oh man, that sucks. So what I started doing, and this was really empowered my relationship with money, is I started to imagine where that money is going once it leaves my bank account. Ooh, that is good. 
I started, I look just in that moment, it takes 30 seconds to do, right? So I, I go, okay, well, some of that money is going to this, our server who did a great job and she worked her butt off and that's going to go. And now that's going to pay her rent. And some of that might pay for her car payment so she can have a place to live and she can get groceries. But it's also some of that money is going to go to the cooks who make these delicious meals. And some of that's going to go to the food that it costs to prepare this food. And, you know, and on and on it goes. And that food came from the farmers that, you know, and, and when you start to do this and actually experience it, you will have a, 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 a just a drastic shift in your relationship with money because you realize how powerful you are in your contribution and impact that you have in, in others. So there you go. That is my supporting affirm my supporting evidence of the first affirmation that I've shared with you that money can provide value to everyone if we allow it to flow. And if you if you are struggling to believe that, all you need to do is, is just rewind about four minutes, go back and listen to every word that James just said. And then at the end of what he said there, I want you to continue to think it's not just the farmers, but it's it's the it's the businesses that sold the seed to the farmer. And it, it goes on and on and on. Your money, as you give it to others for value that they offer to you, it flows on and benefits people down. The one thing, the important, the important thing to remember with this affirmation is that money can provide value to everyone, and this is the key part, if we allow it to flow. And the idea here that I want to have you reflect on, the, the, the thing is, is these affirmations will only help you uh, cultivate a healthy relationship with money if you really reflect on what they're saying. This is saying that if we allow the money to flow, then it can provide value to everyone. The problem is, is a lot of us don't actually think about the, the ability to uh, to benefit everyone down the chain if we allow money to flow because our mindset isn't to let it flow. We want to hold on to as much of it as we can. We never want to let it go. But the reality is we have to actually come to a place that we allow it to flow. And when we get to the place that we allow it to flow to others, we become increasingly better at allowing it to flow to us. Okay, so that's affirmation number one. By the way, real quickly, I'm going to tell you some of the affirmations are short like this one. Some of the affirmations I'm going to share with you today are a bit lengthier. In the show notes, I'll talk about later, um, there will be a list of all six of these affirmations completely written out for you. You can copy and paste them over at podcastanswerman.com slash 521. But that's the first affirmation. Money can provide value to everyone if we allow it to flow. The second affirmation. This one may be challenging for some of you. It was challenging for me at first. The second affirmation is this. I have plenty of money for all the things I truly want. In fact, you could actually even add the word always. I'm going to put it on there. Uh, I always have plenty of money for all of the things I truly want. Now, after I initially heard this the first time, which, by the way, this is directly out of The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. This, this line, that statement was in there. And when, it was, when I came across it the very first time, it was in the audiobook, and I made a point to pause the audiobook, and I'm like, whoa. That was a statement that had an, a very deep, significant reaction inside of me, and it challenged some of my prior judgments about money and also my prior beliefs about money, and I allowed myself to, to reflect on that statement. I always have plenty of money for all the things I truly want. And right when I heard it the first time, I'm like, nah, I don't think I, th I don't know that I agree with that. I, I could think of plenty of times. But then I really thought about what this is saying. I always have plenty of money for all the things I truly want. 
And it got me to thinking about something I learned from Tony Robbins, where he has this uh, principle where he talks about what your standards are. It's called raising your standards, that every single person in life gets everything that they have decided are their musts, the things that they must have. And then when I thought about this, when I literally thought about this statement, I Although I initially thought subconsciously or unconsciously, if you will, I thought when I heard it that that statement is not true. It, it, that was my initial reaction that instantly came out, but then I started to actually think about how this statement applies to all of my prior experiences with things that I truly wanted. And then I realized there has never been a thing in this life that I truly wanted, that I set my heart and and my desire on and set as a goal. There is not a single thing that I have ever wanted in life that I didn't have plenty of money to make it happen. Now, in the past, sometimes that was going out, unfortunately, in my irresponsible days, it was going out and getting personal loans for a computer with no collateral to back it up. But the fact is, is that the money was available to me, the resources were there, and those people gave me the money, trusting, because I had built a reputation for myself, that that I would pay that loan back. And there's never been a time in my entire life that I didn't pay back everything that I ever promised that I would pay back to anybody who loaned me money. Financial institutions, for example. That, that has always been the case, it's always been a must of mine, and because of that, even in my irresponsible days, anything I ever wanted, the resources were there. And even since I became, my wife and I became debt free, the house that we live in today is an example of something that we desperately wanted. Uh, but until we truly said, yes, this is something we want, all the way up until the moment we made the decision, this house was impossible. The, to move for, oh, out of the house that we lived in before, to build a, a home of our dreams, it was an impossibility until the day we walked into the model home. And I said, wow, I truly want this. And, the, and, and in the within a 24-hour to, uh, period of time, from walking into the, the model home of the builder who built our home, from walking in there within 24 hours, dreaming about it all night the, that night and waking up the next day saying, I want this. And you know what? It came down to, okay, how much? How would this happen? If, if we were to truly take steps in action for making this happen, how, what, would, what, would we, what would we need? Knowing that we do not want to have you know, PMI insurance, knowing that we want to remain debt-free, but we're okay with having a mortgage. That's that's always been something that we're okay with. So that's the only kind of debt that we would have. But we don't want to be upside down in a mortgage. We don't want to have one of those, you know, pay zero money down or 1% down. And we, we want to do that real thing where you put 20% down on the purchase of a home. And by the way, our home... This I don't mean this to be bragging, but it's not a cheap home. It's a very big home. It's it it it, it is our dream home, and and it is a, a very significant home. Many of you will know that it's we call it the house that podcasting built, and some of you have had the opportunity to come to one of our next level workshops, and you've been in our home, and you know what we're talking about. But the thing is, is we were living in a home that our entire square footage of our living space in the old home fits into the basement of our current home. So that just gives you an idea of of just how much of an upgrade this home was for us. And and we prior to this, we were just barely making ends meet in a home that cost a lot less. And but here's the thing, we walked into this home and became something that I truly wanted, Stephanie truly wanted. We determined this is something that we are going to go for. We're setting this as a goal. And so it became a like, okay, how, how do we start this? Well, the first step is to reserve a lot for $1,000. Well, we've got $1,000. Here's, here's a check for that. Well, we, we didn't do that until we learned the rest. It's like, okay, and how much would it be? And it was $62,000 to pay 20% down. So I've just given, for those of you who are a whole lot better at math than I am, I just showed you, just told you what the price of our home is. So $62,000 was 20% down on our home. Okay, and I said, when would we have to pay you the sixty-two thousand? Well, you and she said, well, you would only need to pay us sixty-one thousand because you would already have paid the thousand-dollar deposit for the land. 
So, so um, toward, you know, to, to get, to hold the, the land, to reserve the land, I guess. Anyway, so you need to come up with an additional 61000 within nine months because that's when you would close on the home if you signed the contract today. And I'm like, okay. So then it became, what do I need to do to generate $61,000? And it was a simple, for us, it was simple because, well, we had built a business and we had built a, a community and, and, and things like that. Things have been placed and put in place. And for me, it was as simple as doing two extra podcasting A to Z courses above and beyond what I had already planned to do that year. One of them generated over $40,000. The other one generated over $60,000. And here's the thing, after taxes, because we had to pay taxes on all that money as personal income, after taxes, when it came nine months later after we signed the contract, we had the additional $61,000 in cash, and on top of that, we had $38,000 in cash as a budget to furnish the entire home with brand new furniture, which prior to that, prior to moving into this home, everything we'd ever owned as furniture was all hand-me-downs. So, the, and, and then I started thinking about every, every other thing, every electronic gadget, everything I've ever wanted, I've always had the money and the resources to get it. And since I've made the determination and, and, and commitment that my wife and I will never borrow money for anything other than the mortgage of a home, even all of the personal gadgets I've ever wanted, all of those things... Anytime I've ever said, I truly want that, I desire that, I want that, there's always been a way to generate the income without going into debt. So for me, I knew this to be true. It's an affirmation I read to myself every day. I always have plenty of money for all the things I truly want. And by the way, if I did not have that affirmation beat into my brain every single day and actually fully reflect on it and accept it to be true because there's nothing in my life that's ever been contrary to it, then I'll tell you what, I, I would have never given up doing podcasting A to Z and decided to pursue my zone of genius 100% of my, or a majority of my time. Let's just say 85, 90% of my time. So, and that's for those of you who have been following for the last, let's just say, five or six weeks. All right. <clears throat> the third affirmation that I want to share with you. Uh, this one, by the way, is directly from my friend, Tony. well, he's not my friend. Uh, maybe one day he will be my close personal friend. I, I, that, that's a very real possibility. But anyway, this one comes from my friend Ray Edwards shared with me, and this one comes directly from Tony Robbins. I'll re- read it to you. After I take a drink of water, by the way, I'm not taking, I'm not going to edit out in the audio portion this drink break because I am doing live to drive, trying to create this content without the need to edit. So thank you for bearing with me as I took a drink of water there. The third affirmation directly from Tony Robbins, and I have accepted this to be true. I have evaluated it. I have reflected upon it, and I I have decided this is absolutely true, and there's going to be one word that I tell you that I still, when I read it to myself every day, there's still one word that I wrestle with, okay? Let's see if you guess which word it is. Here's the affirmation. God's wealth circulates in my life in avalanches of abundance, All my needs, desires, and goals are met instantaneously, for I am one with God, and He is everything. Now, I'm going to read that to you one more time. God's wealth circulates in my life. It flows, if you will. Flows in, circulates a little while, flows out, hopefully doesn't, uh, when it's in my life, it's circulating, it's not getting stale and stagnant. God's wealth circulates, comes in, goes out in my life in avalanches of abundance. All of my needs, and not just my needs, but my desires too, and all of my goals are met instantaneously for I am one with God and he is everything. Have you guys figured out which word I I I? I stumble upon when I actually read that to myself every day that I'm still working on 
on internalizing, but I have yet not, I have not yet found it to be untrue. There's no supporting evidence in my life that this one word is not true. There, it, there's a little bit of caveat that I have to put in, but the, the, the word is instantaneously. I, I, I admit that I struggle with that one little word, but I definitely believe that I am one with God and he is everything. That, that one's a no-brainer. I do believe that God circulate, or God's wealth circulates in my life in avalanches of abundance, and I've seen that over time. And by the way, some of you who are, you know, you're thinking, man, I, I, I only generate in, you know, 30 grand a year and, and stuff. I don't know that I see that as avalanches of abundance. Well, you know what? I, I think there, that if you were to look at yourself compared to the average population of the world, I think you would see that that is avalanches of, of abundance, by the way. But anyway, here's the thing. All my needs, desires, and goals are met. By the way, I have no problem with that. Every need I've had, every desire I've had, every goal that I've had, they have been met, you know, or are in the process of being met. Now, the thing is, is the word that stumbles, that I stumble on instantaneously, although I, 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 I'm working on, on how to, to, to iron that one out as, as an internalized truth and 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 it does take some caveats in my mind. It's not something I want to go into great detail, but it's a this is a daily affirmation that I am am reflecting upon on a daily basis. Okay, so I'll just share that. That's affirmation number three. All right, uh, I'm just noticing. By the way, I'm, I'm broadcasting this on Facebook Live, and I, I I'm looking at all of the the uh, typos in my outline, (laughs) they're everywhere. But anyway, here's affirmation number four. I am grateful for all of the abundance I have and I invite even more in my life. Actually, it's into my life. I am grateful for all of the abundance that I have right now in my life and I invite even more of it into my life. So the actual affirmation is, I am grateful for all the abundance I have, and I invite even more into my life. I, re- I, I look at that every day. I read that every day. I reflect on that every day, and I internalize that every day. Here's affirmation number five. It says, I am financially wealthier, wealthy. <laughs> However, it is not my power or strength that has produced this wealth for me. It is God who has gifted me with the ability to produce wealth. Now, some of you might have come up in a, in a very Christian background and, and have been taught to think certain ways about money and it's like, wait a second, you, th- you really believe that God you know, took his time to, to really carefully pr- uh, to design who you are and that he actually desires you to, to produce wealth and he actually gave you the ability to do so? Who are you to actually have that as an offer- affirmation? Well, let me read to you the affirmation again, and then I'll tell you where it came from. I am financially wealthy. However, I understand that it's not my power or strength that has produced this wealth for me. It is from God who has gifted me with the ability to produce wealth. Now, for those of you who struggle with that from a faith perspective, I will tell you that that comes directly from Deuteronomy 8, chapter 8, verses 17 through 18, and from the NIV version, it actually says this, you may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So there you go. If you have any doubt about affirming that on a daily basis, pondering that as a truth, just know for if you are a believer as I am, that that comes directly from the Bible, that I am financially wealthy. However, I understand it is not my power or strength that has produced this wealth for me. It is God who has gifted me with the ability to produce wealth. Affirmation number six, the final one that I'm going to share with you today about money and my relationship with it is this, I am rich. 
in this present world. However, I will not allow this to make me an arrogant person. I will not put my hope in financial wealth, which is so uncertain. Instead, I place my hope in God, who richly provides me with everything for my enjoyment. (laughs) For my enjoyment. I am committed to do good and to also be rich in good deeds. I am a generous man who is devoted to sharing. I want to read that one one more time. I am rich in this present world. However, I will not allow this to make me an arrogant person. I will not put my hope in my financial wealth, which is so uncertain. Instead, I will place my hope in God. By the way, it is God who richly provides me with everything for my enjoyment. I am committed to do good, to also be rich in good deeds, and I am a generous man who is devoted to sharing, to letting it flow, if you will. Now, again, I know this because I come from a faith background. I talk and do mentoring with a ton of people who have grown up in the very evangelical uh Christian world that that is very similar to the one that I grew up in, and they're thinking, whoa, who do you think you are to think that God is richly providing you everything for your enjoyment? Back off your horses there, Mr. Ravenscraft. Uh, Who are you to say that you're rich and it's okay, and that God is, is, what the heck, Who, who do you think you are? Well, I'm going to read to you another scripture. This one, for those of you who said, well, let's see, that might have been the Old Testament, that Deuteronomy thing, and that might have been, you know, a covenant for your ancestor. That was that was a long time ago, blah, 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 blah. Old covenant, this is new covenant, blah, blah. Okay, if that happens to be you, let's turn in our Bibles, if we will, to 1 Timothy chapter 6, again, verses 17 and 18. I don't know what it is about these verses 17 and 18, but both of these happen to be uh, just that. This again from the NIV version, the New International Version. Here's what 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 and 18 says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them, those rich people in this present world, by the way, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to serve. (laughs) My affirmation, that affirmation number six, comes directly from the letter from Paul. Uh, Actually, no, it's the letter. Is it? Wait a second. Is it the letter from Paul to Timothy? I believe it. Anyway, it comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. And yes, the affirmation is, I am rich in this present world. However, I will not make this, it, I will not allow it to make me an arrogant person. I will not put my help, my hope in my financial wealth, which is so uncertain. It could be gone tomorrow. Instead, I place my hope in God. And I do believe that God richly provides me with everything for my enjoyment, because that's what that, that's what that scripture says. And I'm committed to do good, to be rich in good deeds. And I am a very generous man who is devoted to sharing. So there you go. In summary, my friends, this is what I'd like to say. For the past few years, I've made it a point on a daily basis to read all of these affirmations and many, many more. It takes me a long time every day. And and by the way, just recently, I want to say, give a shout out to my friend Kent Julian, who I got to meet finally for the first time five years ago at his Speak It Forward event. So Kent, I don't know if you know that, but it's been five years since that first time we met. But Kent just told, we were talking about affirmations via text message back and forth. And he says, you know, I use the reminders app on my iPhone for these. They, they pop up every day. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to start doing that. That'll make it much easier. And so, yeah, I, I've, I've switched over my, my reminders app. I'm slowly adding these from my handwritten document and my GoodNotes app on my iPad. And I'm transcribing them with lots of typos <laughs> into my reminders app. And, and on a daily basis at 530 in the morning, all of these reminders go off. It's like, dude, you got a reminder. You got a reminder. And my reminder are these affirmations. 
And I believe that because of these affirmations, I have cultivated a much healthier relationship with money and I am absolutely, hands down, no questions asked, I am absolutely certain that I have drastically increased my income week by week, month by month, year by year, as I continue to invest in making my relationship with money healthier and healthier and healthier. And again, my friends, I will share all of these. I will share all of these affirmations word for word, maybe including the typos, in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 521. So there you go. That is how to cultivate a healthy relationship with money and drastically increase your income. Now, my friends, I want to share with you some stuff here at the close of the episode, just random things that have been going on. Uh, This past weekend, I went up to Columbus, Ohio. I had a great time at the Igniting Souls Conference put on by my friend, uh, Carrie Oberbrunner. Had an awesome time there. He did a great job with his conference. I was inspired uh, by his event uh, with many ideas that I'm going to incorporate in the event that Stephanie and I are hosting. September 7th, 8th, and 9th, the Free the Dream 2018 conference, which, by the way, you can learn more about eventually over at freethedream.live. That's not .com. Freethedream.live. Anyway, uh, I was super, it was great to see Carrie and how he did his conference. Thank you, Carrie Oberbrunner, for doing that. And thank you for the personal invitation to come out. I really appreciate that. Um, also, real quickly, uh, it was great to see uh, Chrissy Meyer and to hear all about how her book, her dream of a book came to reality, which, by the way, she hired me just over a year ago for one-on-one mentoring. And uh, she's like, hey, this is my goal. You know, eventually plan on retiring from the work that I do. One of my dreams is to, to write a book and I'd like to do this and I'm thinking about doing that. And, and, and she's like, I just wonder, you know, am I focusing on too many different things? And, and we talked and it came down to it that, that really the best thing for her at that time while, you know, finishing up the last few years before she can retire with all of her benefits um, to, to focus on the book. And that's how I got, well, I think she had already heard about Carrie on my podcast and we all hooked her up with the Author Academy Elite program and she's actually written her book and it technically is already out, but she's not releasing it until later this year because she's getting ready to go on a huge vacation. A, a vacation. She's going to go, I think it might be two weeks, but she's going to Scotland uh, I think just south of Inverness, which is awesome in the highlands of Scotland, for a writing retreat. And then I think she's going to spend some time in Iceland. So great to connect with you, Chrissy. I know that you listen to the show, so awesome to to run into you there. Of course, I always love seeing my personal friends get up and give their talks, do public speaking. As a public speaker myself, I like to see other people, you know, their approach to speaking. It's always great to see Amy Schmidtower, um, Mike Kim, Joel Kessel. Uh, you guys did awesome. Congratulations on the talks that you got, you gave. Had an opportunity to have dinner while I was there with Paul and Teresa Klein. Now, Paul is a graduate of podcasting A to Z, connected with him, had a great time, and his wife. Thank you guys for dinner. That was awesome. Thank you. It, it was an honor to hang out with you guys. Also got to run into Greg Gerber, another graduate of podcasting A to Z. He gave me a copy of his book. Uh, had a chance to catch up with Brian Dixon to learn what he's focused on these days. He's, I'm pretty sure I'll be talking to you guys about what he's doing in the upcoming weeks or months ahead because he's he's got a cool thing that he's doing in his business, helping people create video courses where he flies you out to his location, records everything, and then professionally produces it all done for you. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about that in the future. Then I uh, also had a chance to take the relationship that I have with uh, Rick Copeland to a new level. Rick and I have been acquaintances over the years, and and we've run into each other. Um, and, and this time I had an opportunity to connect with him on a little bit deeper level. So, Rick, it was great to see you. I also had a chance to do some mentoring one-on-one with people. Um, I, I, you know what, I, I'm going to leave one person's name out just because I don't want to, to single this person out, but God in, had an incre- incredible divine appointment between myself and one person and in a conversation that lasted probably no more than 
10, 15 minutes, um, God just had him reveal something and I felt the spirit just inside of me led to share a couple of words of encouragement and affirmation for him and he began to break down in tears. And I honestly believe that that not me, but God changed the trajectory of this person's life as a result of that very short conversation. So you know who you are, and I know you're listening, so I, I appreciate you, and, and I look forward to you as you understand that you are a full-time pastor every single day doing the work you're already doing. So anyway, John Becker had the opportunity to reconnect it with him. I first met John Becker at the uh, the what was it called? I just said it a few moments ago. Speak It Forward boot camp that Kent Julian did five years ago. And uh, we reconnected. John and I reconnected. We went out to lunch together. And I have a feeling that you're going to hear more about John Becker in the very near future because I had an amazing mentoring, one-on-one mentoring session with him. For And I just you know just did this for free. I wasn't looking for this to, to generate income, to, to drum up business, to get clients. But Oh, man, powerful stuff happened at that lunch. So, John, it was an honor. And in fact, if if all I did was connect with John and had that one lunch conversation, it would have been worth it. If it was just Paul Klein and his wife, Teresa, and had that dinner, it would have been worth it. If it was just any of these things alone, it would have been worth my trip to Columbus. But I got to experience all of those things. Um, here's the thing. I connected with many, many more people than I, I mean. And, I, and by the way, if you listen to last week's episode, episode, what was that, 520? I actually have the names and de- and every single detail that every person shared with me in my Evernote file. And and I have actually have not yet taken the time to go through those and pray for each person and everything they shared with me, but I will be doing that in the next coming days. The reason why I haven't done it yet is because as soon as I got back Sunday evening from uh, the conference, I turned around and went to Franklin, Tennessee with my wife. But before I did that, by the way, on my way up to Columbus and halfway on the way back, I listened to some awesome podcast content. Um, and then I had an amazing, on the way back, I, halfway through, I called my friend Adam Raymer Brown. We connected uh, and it just, again, God-inspired conversation. And, uh, and, and I was able to take something that I had just heard in a podcast episode on James Wedmore's podcast, and instantly uh, I heard an interview that he did with Stu McLaren. He told a story real briefly about his brother who created a program called 100 Guys in Stanford, I believe, or anyway, 100 Guys, and it's this organization where 100 guys contribute $100 per month together, and the idea is that if they have all 100 guys committing $100 a month, that this group of local guys have the ability every month to send a $10,000 contribution to any local need that they all decide and vote on to send to every month they're contributing. Awesome stuff. And Adam shared with me a desire and a vision and a dream of his future on a, on a very epic scale. He told me about Operation Solomon, which I had never heard of before. I just encourage you guys just go look up and you just go into YouTube and search for Operation Solomon. And Adam said, I want to do something. I want to be able to do something like that one day with the network and resources and, and my own wealth that's available to me. And, and I'm like, oh, I just heard about this and I think this would be a great place to start. So I got to connect him. And so I came back from that trip Right, I we got I got home Monday uh, Sunday night Monday morning seven a.m. Stephanie and I left for Franklin Tennessee. Uh, we had a lunch appointment scheduled with Matt and Lauren Brady, who are the event coordinators for the Free the Dream conference that we're hosting. Had a great time connecting with them. After that, Stephanie and I saw a movie down in in the Tennessee area. We we saw The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and um, Pierce Brosnan. Never heard of this movie before, but we decided we want to see a movie. We saw what was playing. We saw Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Watched the trailer. It's like that looks good. We went and saw it. It's like wow. We're so glad we went and saw that movie. I'm not going to go into details on it, but we had a great time. Went to dinner uh, to get there. Stephanie and I just had a great date night. Went to Jay Alexander's and. And then we, we, we called it a night early after the dinner because, well, the very next day, and the reason why we were in Franklin, not just to connect with Matt and Lauren, but on Tuesday, there was a one-day event for the SCORE conference by my friend uh, Ken Davis. 
and uh, we went there to, I wanted to brush up on my uh, my public speaking understanding of the SCORE method. It's something that I've gone twice for their entire four-day event. Every single time I've gone, my public speaking has just like increased exponentially. I'm today able to be paid extremely well to be a keynote speaker internationally. I've spoken uh, as far as Manchester in the UK, in uh, Auckland, in New Zealand. It was incredible stuff that has happened as a result of me taking my public speaking skills to the next level. Went to this one-day SCORE event. I wanted Stephanie to experience it as well. She was super excited because she is going to be speaking at the Free the Dream conference. And while we were there, Stephanie actually outlined her own talk using the SCORE method. And here's, I'm going to just give you the title of Stephanie's talk that she will give on either September 7th, 8th, or 9th in 2018 in Franklin, Tennessee. And the title is, Every Spouse of an Entrepreneur Can Contribute to a Thriving Marriage and Successful Business by Adopting These Five Attitudes. So that's going to be that. And uh, after the SCORE one-day event, Stephanie and I spent the evening, had dinner with Ken and Diane Davis and their entire team. We had a great time, and then we had a very late night drive home. I got home, we got home at two o'clock in the morning, and uh, it was awesome. We also, while we were there, found out that they were going to host a, another four-day SCORE conference, this time in the Nashville slash Franklin area on February 5th through the 8th, and uh, this will be my third time going through the full four-day SCORE conference intensive, and I'm happy to say that Stephanie, it will be her first time. So she's going there. She's got the SCORE method kind of down with the one-day thing, but she's going to have the benefit of all that small group coaching. She's not going to be in my small group. She'll be in her own small group. And by the way, um, I'm working on a special package uh, that will be available only to people in my community, up to seven people who want to actually go to the SCORE conference to take their public speaking to the next level. And it it, it will be a special package reserved for seven people, um, but you could potentially be one of the others because they, they do small group coaching and there's only eight people per group and there might be a possibility that you could be one of these seven people in my own personal coaching group at the SCORE conference. Now, this will not be advertised on their website, so if you are have any interest in, in being a part of my personal um, coaching group of for public speaking on SCORE conference on February 5th through the 8th in, ten, in the Franklin slash Nashville, Tennessee area, then email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, Again, that's cliff at podcastanswerman.com and put speaking conference in the subject line and tell me that you're interested in the details and I'll let you know as soon as I work out those details with them. Uh, just another thing, uh, Next Level Workshop is coming up next Friday. The It'll be the third time we're doing the Creating an Online Business Workshop. Completely sold out. Uh, in fact, one, so 11 people paid to the full price and then the one person spent the $7,500 for the option to spend a day with me here in the studio one-on-one on Sunday following the workshop. Totally awesome. Super excited. This is the second time that I've done a, day, done a next level workshop where a person has taken the $7,500 day with Cliff package uh, on the Sunday after the workshop. So, that is going awesome. By the way, I do have the dates for my next session. It's not on the sales page yet because, as you can tell, I've been traveling a lot and have a lot of things that I've been working on. But I do have the dates. It's going to be on Friday and Saturday, January 26th and 27th. That's going to be the next next level workshop for creating an online business. If you are interested, uh, you could email me cliff at podcastanswerman.com and put next level workshop in the subject line. And I will, if you email me personally, I will reserve a seat for you if you want me to before the sales page even goes live. And then, um, 
Yeah. Oh, and I'm also I'm lost. I'm I'm getting around next week. I will be launching something brand new. I may have talked about it recently here on the podcast. I'm not sure, but I'm actually launching something called the Next Level Mastermind Group, and I'm actually going to have two of them. One is the AM group, and one is the PM group. So Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern time, or Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I will be hosting two different master. I will facilitate two different mastermind groups with no more than 10 to 12 people per group. It is for people who are definitely pursuing full-time, 100% full-time self-employment. Either you're already in 100% full-time self-employment, or if you have a day job, it is required that you must already have a business with products and services, or at least one product or one service where somebody has already paid you for it, and that there is the likelihood, or no, not the likelihood, that that it it is it has been duplicated more than once. And so, if that's you, and you would like to take your online business efforts to the next level, to be in a mastermind group relationship, if you want to know more about mastermind groups, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 400. That's episode 400 of this podcast, podcastanswerman.com slash 400. Anyway, if you would like to be in a mastermind relationship with me, where this is a full-on mastermind, it is not one of those 50 people, 100 people groups, this is 10 or 12 people in your own personal mastermind group where I am on the call every single week, and also where I take on a little bit more of a mentoring relationship because I am much further along than where I think, where I'm actually targeting for people to be in this group, so... Um, it, it, this group is typically going to be for somebody who's anywhere where I was in 2007 through, well, all the way up to where I am today in my business, but it's going to be mostly the early stages. It, it, I, by the way, I already have three people. It's a thousand dollars per month for membership and I already have three people signed up. So if you're interested, I believe that will sell out. Uh, those groups will be full by certainly by the end of December. So if you're interested, email me, uh, cliff at podcastanswerman.com and put mastermind group in the subject line. (laughs) And then um, there's more exciting stuff that I'm working on. Uh, But more than anything, guys, I got to tell you, what I'm most excited about is the fact that I am now living in my zone of genius about 85 or 90% of the time, day by day, week by week. Um, I just got back from five days of travel, had the most, I mean, you just heard about all the people and all the awesome things. And in the past, some of you who have been following me for years, you know, I'd come back and have these things called post-vacation blues. Not anymore. I I woke up, you know, I got home at two o'clock in the morning, uh, Tuesday night, woke up five, what was it, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning on Thursday or no, on Wednesday and got right to it. Just awesome stuff, absolutely loving what I'm doing and having greater impact and influence. And I got to tell you, my incre- my income has drastically increased. And, and so far, uh, very little of that income has anything to do with podcasting related. I made the right step and I'm so excited about it. And then final thought real quickly. Um, just real, You'll notice that all of this personal stuff, all of this stuff, I've saved all of this for the end of the show. And the reason for that is because recently I was listening to a brand new podcast that I had just heard about. Um, I found I found a few episode titles in the in the podcast that I thought sounded really intriguing, and it's like, man, I, I'd like to hear what is being said about this con or this topic. And I found myself getting a little bit annoyed by all of the banter and chatter at the front of the show. It's like, you know, I did this and I did that. And I had no idea who this person was really. I mean, I'd heard the name before, but I had not yet come to know, like, and trust this person. So therefore, I didn't care about all those personal little details of of all this other stuff. And as I found myself being annoyed by it, I realized it's like, wait a second, I've been doing this for years. And so I've decided that from now on, I am going to make sure that the content that I share is valuable. It's going to start being scored using the score method, uh, which basically the the whole six different affirmations, that was a whole layout of a score scored um, outline for, for content. And the Every I'm going to make it at a point that I want every piece of content that I put out from this point forward, I'm going to try to, I'm going to attempt to 
um, make it a point that everything I do has this method of outline. And that includes my podcast episodes, my vlog posts, my webinars, my email newsletters, everything. Uh, and of course, my public speaking. But my public speaking has always done that. So yeah, and, and of course, all this personal stuff, like what I'm sharing with you here, all of that stuff at the end of the show. Because really, the only, I mean, as long as, if you haven't come to know, like, and trust me yet, you don't care, and, and I want to give you the valuable stuff that was promised in the title that originally attracted your attention, if that's why you actually clicked play on the episode. And hopefully, for those who may tune out when I start to get to this section, hopefully over time, that content and all the valuable stuff that I share and the personal stories that I put inside of that content will begin to grow and cultivate a relationship, a healthy relationship with me personally, where by the end of the episode, after a couple episodes, you come to the place where you actually look forward to this very long monologue of what's going on in my own life and in my own business and, and how I'm taking my own my own message, my business, and my life to the next level. And with that, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, there's only one thing I ask that you do. Share it with somebody that you think will benefit from it in whatever way you want. And until next time, I encourage each and every one of you to take everything you do in life to the next level. Podcast at Samantha.